Well, good morning, uh, those of you who are here in person and those of you who are watching online. It's, it's an honor to be able to spend some time with you today, um, to be able to uh, share the word with you. And uh, we enter into this new year uh, with some hopes. Um, many of us are like, we don't want a repeat of 2020 and many of those aspects that we, that we saw with the new year. It's been a blessing uh, for my wife and I to be a part of Rio over the past couple of years and to get to know some of the couples through some of the, the marriage classes that have been offered here at Rio and, and then to be able to just get to know some people here at Rio has just been awesome over the past couple of years and to be able to share God's word with you is, is a privilege uh, and an honor uh, today as we look. We're going to be looking in the Bible in Matthew chapter 2. Uh, looking at verse 13. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the last couple of uh, weeks, uh, last Sunday and then the first Sunday of the year, are a lot like hinges, which in many ways we kind of look back on the year that has just passed. And we enter into the new year and we kind of swing into this new year. And it, it gives us this, this kind of pause where we can have some in-between time to to think back about some things last year, uh, some good things, some things we would want to repeat and do over again, and then to even learn through some of the mistakes that we had made and even thinking about some of the circumstances within our country and our nation, uh, to think about even our own spiritual life, but also to look forward into 2021. Uh, During the Christmas break, I had a chance uh, to come across this speech that King George VI had uh, given to, to England. It was Christmas of 1939, and it was a, a time of great unrest within his own country. Uh, Nazi Germany was pressing in hard upon Europe, and Britain was under great threat. And I want to just read a little bit of the beginning of his speech where he spoke to the people and he said this, A new year is at hand. We cannot tell which it will bring. If it brings peace, how thankful we all shall be. If it brings continued struggle, we shall remain undaunted. Like the monarch, we hope for better days. We hope for COVID-free days uh, within the life of our nation and in the life of our world. But we have no guarantees as to what the circumstances will unfold to be in our own lives. But as people of faith, people who have a rock-solid faith in Jesus Christ, we can be a people who are undaunted. Yes, the circumstances will impact us and affect us, but our faith can guide us through the navigating waters that we will all experience and face. The reality is this, that life is never picture perfect. 2020 definitely was not picture perfect. I remember at one point um, texting one of my older brothers and he said, I'm just sitting here waiting for the asteroid to hit. Did any of you have any of those? Is the asteroid going to hit today? Just some crazy stuff happening in 2020 for sure. 
So last week uh, and this week, we kind of focus on the narratives of Jesus' infancy. Will covered the dedication of Jesus there at the temple. And today we look at a passage of scripture where Jesus is in that infant year, the, the, the toddler years. And, and if, if somebody were a complete stranger to our culture and they were to just come to our nation and begin perusing through some of the Hallmark cards, they might see something like this as it relates to the story of the Magi coming. It's quite a picture-perfect scene. It's a holy moment that we treasure with our Christmas tradition. And, and here we can see the, uh, the light shining and the Magi being led by the star to where the infant child is. We see a mother and father uh, doting over a beautiful child. And, and we see even in the background some of the political dynamics that are going on. Even in these holy moments with the the celebration of the Christ child, we realize that there is a backstory. There are circumstances that are going on all around the infancy story of Jesus Christ. And for those of us who are believers, we can look at this story today that we're going to read. And there's some things that we can apply to our life because as God was willing to work in the lives of his people back then... He's also willing to work in our lives as well. And to think, what a great portrait of these magi coming and giving of their possessions and just bowing in reverent and humble worship because they basically were saying, this child is the king and this king is worthy of our worship. And no sooner did the Magi leave that we pick up here in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. Listen to what the Bible says in verse 13. It says, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt, I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious He sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, He was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, 
so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. In our time together, I want us to think about a few thoughts as we relate to the fact that life and reality is never picture perfect. And yet, even if circumstances around our life get hard, or even if they tend to lighten up in the year ahead, it's so important to know that God is at work even when circumstances are quite crazy all around us. As we look at this passage, I want us to think about the reality that there's somewhere to go. There's going to be movement in the life of Joseph that we just read about. And there's going to be movement that takes place in our own lives in the year ahead. And there's something to grieve. We're going to take some time today to reflect upon some of those losses, some of those bitter things from the past year that we are able to bring before the Lord. And then finally, we think about someone to guide. In other words, God is going to work in our lives. He's going to help us walk through whatever circumstances we face in the year ahead. We read the story and there's quite a bit of travel that is going on. I mean, Joseph and Mary are getting settled there with a child born in Bethlehem. They're seeing their son Jesus grow and and he's entering into those infancy years. We know that he at least had to be two years old or younger at this point. And yet in these infancy days, uh, an angel appears to Joseph in a dream and it's time to pack up your bags. If moving is the pits without a kid, imagine moving with an infant. And it's not like they had a whole lot of stuff. It's not like they had uh, two men in a truck or a U-Haul that they could pack all their belongings up, but they did have to gather their things. I wonder, did Joseph grab the crib? Did he grab the playpen? Did he reach for that diaper genie and pack all that stuff up on the donkey? And they were called to go from Bethlehem because the circumstances were sketchy. Their life was being threatened. Herod wanted to kill the king, this child, and take out the Lord Jesus. And so he calls him to go to Egypt. There's this movement that is happening in the life of the holy family. They have to flee. They have to get out of their circumstances. For you, it may not necessarily mean a physical move in 2021, but for all of us, God is calling us to move, to go somewhere, and that place is called change. That place is called transformation. That place that God is calling us to go to is a place called maturity. Are you able to look back on your 2020 and hopefully see some steps of growth in your life? For some of us, there's those days where it's three steps forward and then two steps back. And yet God is calling all of us to grow and to mature and and to be people who are open to God changing our lives. If God is going to be the author of our life, we have to give him the editing rights to the steps that we are going to take in 2021 to to be open to God moving in our heart, to shaping our lives, uh, to working in ways that sometimes are painful with growth in our life. There is pain. 
And maybe there's just a handful of areas that you are already saying, you know what, Lord, I definitely need your help in these areas. Uh, Apart from you, I'm just going to be stuck. But Lord, with you, I can do so many things. I can grow and I can mature. Your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit is sufficient for me with all that awaits. I like in the scriptures here in Matthew chapter 2, where it says here at the very end of verse 15, out of Egypt, I called my son. I think that's such a great reminder that God in history of the scriptures called this nation of Israel out of Egypt to enter into the wilderness and then ultimately to the promised land. God is wanting to do that in our lives. As Christ was delivered out of Egypt, it would be a great portrait and picture of the movement God is wanting to do in our lives. To pull us out of Egypt, which in many ways is a portrait, it's a picture of bondage and slavery and just kind of being in handcuffs to sin. But thankfully, because of Christ, he has broke those handcuffs. And we don't have to give in to our sinful ways. But God has delivered us and he frees us from the bondage of Egypt. If you have blood pulsing through your veins, you know that Egypt is always nipping at your heels. How many of you, just as you think back to 2021, felt that drawback to that life, those old ways, those old tendencies, that old nature that we all wrestle with? And yet God, as we enter into a new year, 2021, he's calling us out of that life of bondage. He's calling us to a life of freedom that we sing about even today, to know that in Christ, we can experience that kind of freedom within our own lives. Is life picture perfect? No, it's never picture perfect. And yet God is calling us to a life of maturity, to go somewhere in 2021, what might that look like for you? Where is God leading you? Where will God call you in your growth as a child of God? I love how the Bible says he called his son out of Egypt. It's a reminder for all of us of the wonderful adoption that we have in Christ. We belong to his family to celebrate sonship and daughtership in the Lord because he loves us and he has brought us into his family. If there's somewhere to go, according to this passage, there's also something to grieve. For some of you, maybe you will read through the Bible and you come across this passage in the book of Matthew. For Perhaps it's the first time you've ever heard this passage where this wicked and this murderous king is so insecure about the Christ child and his kingship that he eliminates every child two years old and younger in the town of Bethlehem. This is a severe loss. This is a great grief. And for whatever reason, God allows this interlude within the infancy story of Jesus to be told. He wants us to be aware. Again, life is never picture perfect. There are some griefs that we have to deal with from time to time within our own lives. 
Herod, of course, was known to be such a treacherous ruler. He was, he was not for the people. He was about his own agenda. He was about his own initiatives. One historian said that it's better to be a sow in Herod's family than a son, for the sow has a greater chance of survival than the son. This is the kind of character and person he was. He had no qualms with eliminating an entire city of infants. And I just think of the loss the moms would have felt, the the dads would have experienced in that day. And God wants us to be aware of this story. It's important to realize that Matthew is the only gospel writer to record the death of those young children in Bethlehem. For some, some some scholars may believe that this story really didn't happen, that Matthew's reaching for good story material. He's reaching for legends to enhance the infancy narrative that he's giving. But the truth is this, even though it wasn't recorded by Mark or Luke or even John, and even the Jewish historian Josephus doesn't even regard this account in his history, it's a reminder that this kind of treachery was small potatoes for King Herod. He had greater things that he did, more heinous sins in his own life and regime. And this one is not recorded in history, but we do have it in the scriptures. And it's a reminder to me, it's a reminder to us as the people of God, that though your loss And your griefs are not necessarily making the front page of the Sun Sentinel. And your losses and your griefs are not trending on some Twitter feed or social media. It is a reminder of this, that God is mindful of our losses. He is mindful of those things that we had to release and relinquish. The sorrows that we may have felt as we look back on 2020, God is aware of our griefs. And I'm all about the promises of scripture, Romans 8:28, that says God is going to cause all things to work together for good. That is a rock solid promise that God has given to us. But there's also a place in our lives for John 11:35 that says this, Jesus wept. Jesus was aware of the loss of his friends and he entered into the loss and the hurt and the pain of Mary and Martha there at the tomb of Lazarus. I just want to encourage you, that child king of Bethlehem, he enters into your losses and your griefs. And it's important that we deal with grief within our own life. Here's a couple griefs that maybe you've encountered as you say goodbye to one year and you enter into another. Perhaps the loss that plans were erupted or even dreams were shattered because of the circumstances that were just simply out of your control. Perhaps you realized and you're grieving that you're not as physically strong as you used to be. And there's that sense of losing youthfulness. There can be job changes. There can be job losses that we've experienced. Our children growing and becoming more independent and not necessarily needing us as much. 
You could have experienced divorce personally or divorce in your family or just simply a good friend went through that deep waters of that kind of loss. Or even you may have experienced the loss of a loved one or a friend due to COVID-19. Listen, as we are saying goodbye to one year and as we are embracing a new one, we cannot go into the new year with unresolved grief. Sometimes we just got to call a timeout. We got to go to a beautiful place in South Florida like the beach or a park or just a place where we can just get alone with God. And with our list of griefs and losses and struggles that we have, we simply bring them before God. The God who weeps with those who are grieving. The God who weeps with those who have experienced loss. And we have to bring them to the Lord. And I want to give you a few thoughts to keep in mind as you bring your griefs to God. The first thing is we have to be aware that they exist. We can't stuff it. We can't suppress it. We just have to say, you know what? It is what it is, Lord. This is a loss that I've experienced. So we need to be aware of it. We need to know that it exists and we need to acknowledge it. And as we bring it before God, God may have us go through a time of waiting upon him so that the grief doesn't become crushing to our life or to our spirit, We wait as we put our faith and trust in Jesus. We wait for him to take it and transform it. And through that death and through that loss and through that experience of letting something or someone go, God begins to breathe new life into our own walk with him. We get honest and we deal with this stuff. And we know that just as God was mindful and he wanted the entire world who would read the Bible to be mindful of this kind of grief, that same God is aware of what you have walked through or maybe what you're currently walking through right now. It's such a profound loss that that Matthew quotes Jeremiah 31, where there's this story of these women during the Babylon captivity who lost children to the exile. The loss was so severe, it's as if they would be unable to be comforted. It's as if Matthew was saying, just as that in mass numbers of Jewish children who went off to captivity, in the same way, whether it was 10 babies in Bethlehem or 50 children, the loss is great. And listen, we serve a God who is familiar with our losses. He enters into the suffering with us and he wants to breathe new life and give us hope even in the midst of grief. Is the infancy narrative of Jesus picture perfect? No way. There's some serious pain that's surrounding it. Joseph and the family got to get out of town. And while they're getting out of town, this crazy king, this earthly king is destroying people's lives in Bethlehem, somewhere to go, something to grieve. And then finally, this thought, there's someone to guide. Isn't it encouraging to know that as we enter into a new year, that God is faithful and willing to guide us. If we have hearts that are tender, if we're open to those nudges of God, 
He promises to guide and direct each and every one of our steps. There's this idea called providence. Providence is that sense that God is actively involved in our lives and in all of creation. I love what the Westminster Shorter Catechism has to say in question number 11. It says this, what are the works of God's providence? And the answer is, God's works of providence are his most holy, wise, and powerful preserving and governing all his creatures and all their actions. Listen, the one who is going to guide us in 2021, he's all wise, he's all holy, and he's all powerful. This is our God. This is that babe of Bethlehem who grows to live a sinless life, to give himself as an offering for our sin, and to rise from the grave. He's good, he's holy, and he's able to help us navigate whatever circumstances we will encounter within the new year. This is the overarching picture that we see in Matthew chapter 2, 13 through 23. God is navigating and directing the holy family around all these explosive things going around because God is all about the salvation of his people. He wants this child and this family to persevere through all of these circumstances because he has a plan in play. And he has a plan in play for our lives. He desires to guide us. Will we go into the new year saying, Lord, listen, I'm wet concrete Mold me, shape me, guide me to exactly where you want me to go. He does this in three occasions in this passage of scripture where there's three fulfillments of prophecy and scripture. It's the idea that God, what God says, he is going to bring to pass. What God has started in your life and in your life He is going to be faithful to bring it to completion. Sometimes we go willingly, willingly, but sometimes God, who is a loving father, sometimes he will drag us through. Do you ever have those days where, you know what, God, you just got to drag me through today. It's ideal that we go willingly, that our hearts are tender enough to say, Lord, do it, lead me, guide me. But we all have those days where we dig our heels in deep. And we're aware of that struggle and it's, Lord, just drag me through today. Would you just help me? I'm stubborn, I'm ornery, I'm obstinate today. But God, would you just faithfully, lovingly bring me on and guide my life? I opened with that Christmas Day speech of King George VI. And it's interesting, at the close of his speech, The story is told that a teen girl by the name of Elizabeth helped shape that profound speech on Christmas Day of 1939. It would be Elizabeth who had been reading a poem called God Knows by Minnie Haskins. 
And that teen girl, Elizabeth, passed along this poem to her dad, who would end up incorporating this in the end of a speech. He goes on to read the poem as he closes out his Christmas day message. And he says this, I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be better to you than light and safer than a known way. May that almighty hand guide and uphold us all. This past week, we went for a day trip up to the Jupiter Inlet. We had never been to the lighthouse in Jupiter, and we were excited to kind of walk up the, the spiral steps, 153 feet in the air, to look out all over Jupiter and to see out to the Atlantic Ocean and the beauty of that day. There's all kinds of fun facts around. The, the lighthouse was built in the late 1800s. It's 153 feet above sea level. But the plaque that caught my attention most was that on a clear night, the Jupiter lighthouse is able to cast a light beam for 24 miles. And for 24 miles, sailors and those traveling the southern peninsula of South Florida can have some sense of guidance along the way on a clear night. When it's foggy or overcast, the beam of light is not as strong. God is able to guide us as we go into the new year. And I just want to encourage you with this. You may have days where you feel like you have 24 miles of light that God is giving to you to help you focus. But for all of us, there may be seasons or times in the year ahead where God gives us just enough light to take the next step. I am a planner by nature. If it was up to me, I would prescribe for myself, Lord, I want 24 miles of visibility every single day. But the reality is, is that my faith in Christ would probably never, ever grow. So if you find yourself with just enough light to take the next step, be encouraged. God is growing you. He's taking you somewhere. And along the way, you may feel grief setting in. You experience loss and challenge in your life. Be aware that God is mindful of it. And just as God was faithful to guide Joseph and the child and Mary, he is faithful to guide us as his people here in South Florida or wherever you find yourself today listening. The Lord is faithful to guide each and every one of our steps. It was Minnie Haskins who said, you know what's better than the light beam of clarity in our lives? It's the reality to have your hand in the hand of the Almighty. And I close with this thought, with the child Jesus, this king who's worthy of our worship. This child has grown. He died in our place and he was resurrected on the third day. And he, he's passionately wanting to be involved in our own lives today. To go with us, Jesus said that he is the way.
And we can put our hand in the hand of Jesus, who is the way, and he will direct us to exactly where he wants us to go. This same child would be familiar and acquainted with grief and sorrow and suffering. Put your hand in the hand of the suffering, sympathetic Jesus Christ today. And then finally, as a shepherd king, he wants us to put our hand in his hand as the good shepherd leads us each and every step along the way in 2021. What does the year ahead hold? God only knows. But what we can know for sure is that God wants to go with us into a world and life that is never picture perfect, but he wants to show us his love and his goodness and his faithfulness. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you that you have given us your word to ultimately direct us, to give us light, to give us encouragement, to give us strength. We're grateful to be your people. We're blessed to be in your family. And we just pray that you would give us an extra measure of grace and strength as we go into the new year, that you would complete the work that you began in our lives, that you would go with us on this journey ahead. Lord, help us even in the week ahead if there's some things that are undone from last year, if there's some losses that we just have not had the ability to talk about, they're just too painful. Lord, would you help us to lay these at your feet? Give us a a divine appointment with you in the week ahead to just begin to enumerate those things that we struggled with, those things we had to let go of, those losses and those griefs. But finally, Lord, be our good shepherd. Lord, lead us into the days ahead and guide us. Give us teachable spirits. Give us soft and tender hearts that we would be about your business and to walk in your way. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.